Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM, streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. And I'm your host, Tariq El Amin. It is a pleasure to be back with you again for another edition of Radio Islam. If you have not already done so, please take a moment. And follow us, like our pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the same username, at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Radio Islam family, if you would like to give us a call during tonight's uh, broadcast, feel free to do so at 312-750-1178. That is 312-750-1178. And for our new folks who are joining us for the first time and just now uh, you are joining the Radio Islam family, uh, we broadcast every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're a live call-in radio talk program coming to you directly from the beautiful city of Chicago, Illinois. So there's a lot of great things going on. Uh, this episode that you listen to right now, as usual, it will be available uh, with God's permission, inshallah, it'll be available tomorrow wherever you get your podcast. So if that's SoundCloud or Google Play or iTunes, you can go there and find this episode of Radio Islam there uh, and all of our previous shows as well. Uh, take a moment to stop by www.radioislam.com. There you can see behind the scenes info, articles, uh, guest bios, uh, a lot of great content. As a matter of fact, I've mentioned before, but I will mention again that our Friday artist profile that will have its own section. We've had some great artists uh, that have come through, uh, sat with us, performed in studio. And we want to you know, we're making a space uh, specifically for them. As many of you know, Chicago is a hotbed of culture and we've got some great artists here, uh, especially within the uh, Muslim community. Uh, what else do I want to tell you before we get into tonight's discussion? Well, we know we're less than a day, well, a little bit more than a day, excuse me, uh, from, uh, from, from the holiday, from Thanksgiving, uh, where regardless of the uh, ideological understanding, right, we all, you know, we don't romanticize history or anything like that, but we, we definitely appreciate times that we're able to connect with our family, with our loved ones. So uh, in that in that vein, we know that there's going to be uh, millions of Americans that are going to, that are going to be hitting the road uh, tomorrow uh, to be with their families and their loved ones, and they're going to be sitting down to eat some serious food. So tonight's conversation, I think, is pretty relative uh, to that. Not trying to steal anybody's joy, okay? So I don't want you thinking that. Uh, but we definitely want to be informed. We want to make informed decisions at all times. So we are fortunate um, to be able to have the, the guest uh, that we have on deck tonight. Uh, and that is Haja, Sister uh, Karima Karima. Uh, and she is a uh, registered nurse, and she is also with the I, with I Hope. Uh, and I Hope is an Islamic holistic outreach, outreach program for everyone. And we're going to talk with her in just a moment. I think we've got her on the line with us right now. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. All right. It's such a pleasure to have you with us, to hear your voice. Um, and, yeah, we just want to get right in because, uh, like I said, people are going to be traveling. They're going to be sitting down. They're going to be, you know, uh, I shouldn't say they. Uh, I, I'm, I'm right in there. You know, we've, we've all got some serious uh, plans. But first, could we start out and just talk about this idea of I hope? What, what exactly is I hope? Okay, well, first I would like to say um, that I'm honored uh, to be a guest on uh, Radio Islam Radio, right? Um, yes, Radio Islam. Yes. Radio Islam. So this is an honor, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. And um, just to get right into your um, question, I hope, as you said, it stands for Islamic Holistic Outreach Program, and it is a program that has been designed um, pretty much coming from um, Islamic background, but it's for everyone and anyone. 
And um, our main goals and aims are to revive the prophetic medicine and revive the, the Islamic way of living and eating in order to promote health. It is not something that we are coming up with that's new. It's not anything new. It is only that we have now went back into the, um, the Quran and the life of the Prophet Islam, and we're just trying to revive what we've had and what we've lost or even forgotten. And with that, we're um, having much success in terms of uh, healing the body itself, being able to heal and regenerate itself, as well as uh, being able to make lifestyle changes that we know it is exactly what Allah has laid out for us in the Quran. Okay. Well, let me uh, transition and ask about a very real statistic. Uh, when, a lot, when most people think about eating, uh, they think about body image, they think about body size. Um, and one of the stats that I come across is that says that one in three uh, Americans uh, is, uh, would be classified as obese. Um, is, uh, is, is, the, is I hope uh, it being a holistic uh, program and approach, does it address issues of obesity as well? Yes, it does. And obesity is a reality that existed, not just now. Um, it's a reality that was even in the time of the Prophet, Sallallahu And we have um, 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 documented accounts of where the Prophet, Sallallahu spoke about obesity. And there's one account where actually the Prophet, Sallallahu he was going around the Kaaba, and there was a man that was uh, beside him, and he saw that his abdomen was very large. And he told him that this would look better on someone else. Now, some of the, the scholars in Islam say that what he was uh, alluding to was that, that to have a large abdomen um, is better on women than it is on men. And that is because women, of course, we have children, and when we conceive and have children, we have uh, our, our abdomen gets larger. But for a man, it was not something that, um, that at that time that was looked at as, as something to be um, um, desirable or even healthy. healthy. Also, um, it is, um, we know that with obesity comes, um, of course, illnesses and um, sicknesses. Um, so... I hope definitely we have a plan, a program, and something that I did mention to you earlier in the email. Um, I'm water fasting, mm. and I have a very nice program called the RAF Challenge um, that was developed in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, after I held the a two-day workshop. We started the RAF Challenge, Women Revive and Thrive Health Challenge. And this RAF Challenge, it has nine days of detox. So uh, we have three days of water fasting, three days of broth, three days of um, uh, smoothies and cream, uh, cream soup, and then we go into our regular meal plan eating, and we have sisters that, are, that will be tested, uh, giving testimonies and have already given testimonies of tremendous weight loss. My, myself, I started, we started September 28th, and I was 172. I am now at 157, wow. and I've lost at least about three to four inches. So um, definitely it addresses the uh, obesity, but not just that. Mm -hmm. It addresses, we have sisters that were taking diabetic medication, um, high blood pressure medication. We have sisters that are also dealing with cancer, and they have been on the program, and they are seeing success. So it is what we, one thing that I forgot to say about the, um, the, the mission of IHOPE is that, you know, we've heard the Hadith over and over again, we hear it um, repeated, in, you know, throughout the community that there is not one disease or any disease that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent down that he has not sent down his cure. You know what, but, uh, on, that, on that note, mm -hmm. could I ask you this? Because you mentioned earlier, you said uh, reviving prophetic medicine. Did, um, maybe, did, I, did I hear that correctly? Yes. Okay, yes. so uh, could, well, you know, why don't you finish your thought and then I, I would like to hear a little bit more about that. And that goes with this thought right here. That okay. They go together. So, um, um, and so basically what I wanted to bring up by saying that was that if, in fact, there is that we know, and I believe the hadith is sahih, I believe it's a sound hadith, mm -hmm. that, yes, for every disease Allah has sent down his cure, then why are we dealing with so many diseases in our community, you know, the Islamic community? Um, well, that is because we have held on to the prophetic medicine 
and things like from black seed, Zamzam water, hijama, all of these things that we say they have the cure for every disease. But we are not being cured from them. Why? Because we've left another side that is extremely important, which is the prophetic lifestyle. So you can't have the cure if you're still eating the cause. And when you look in the time of the Prophet, when these things did work, Zamzam water, black seed, um, uh, barley water, barley fruit, all of these things, when they worked, they worked because people were not eating processed foods, refined foods. They were eating natural foods from the earth. So when they got sick, and they didn't even have the illnesses that we have today, but when they did get sick, they were able to see that medicine was, I mean, that food was nutritionist as well as medicinal. So the food now would also work as a medicine in order to cure the disease. So we're trying to revive the prophetic medicine along with the prophetic lifestyle that they come hand in hand. And that's where you're going to see now diseases being cured. And we are living it. We're seeing it. Myself, I'm a living proof. Mm. So the uh, and, and there's been a lot of talk, I think, from from different vantage points uh, regarding processed food, whether they uh, whether it's coming from uh, people who just engage in just raw foods uh, or uh, vegans or uh, vegetarians, pescatarians, whatever, um, and, and all seem to have this awareness that processed food, uh, that there's an inherent danger uh, within it. So uh, is that a part of the, is there an education process uh, or a part that goes along with, uh, I hope, in terms of uh, helping people to identify foods that probably, uh, that are processed, but they just may not actually be aware of? Right. Well, let me, um, and, and definitely I have, um, this is one of the things that happens with the workshop, and I held the workshop already in, um, as I said, in Atlanta, mm -hmm. so the Muslims there really got a chance um, to benefit from this information. We definitely don't have enough time to cover all of this, and I hope and pray that I'll be able to come in your area and hold the workshop as well so that I, Muslims can be well-informed, and non-Muslims, everybody can be well-informed. But when you talk about processed food, mm -hmm. um, I think everyone, all of us can agree, no matter what, religious, what your religious affiliation is, we can all agree that processed food is a food that is not from a natural source. Right. That's number one. And so when you take the food from its natural source and it's been changed, now if the molecular structure of the food has been changed, and we depend on the food, especially from a cellular level, in order for us ourselves to, to, to grow, stay strong, and even to heal from disease, and that food has been changed from its natural state, then that food is either going to harm us or not be of any benefit at all. Now, if you take, for example, um, when you look at, one, processed food, let's just talk about food that's been preserved in a way in which it is not a natural um, preservation. So you take food that when you have a can, for example, a can of tomato sauce or tomato paste. Now, that tomato, when you go and pick it from the garden, that tomato is fresh, it's live. It's called live food because mm -hmm. it's living organism, it's living cells. And when you pick that tomato, that tomato now has a shelf life or lifespan. It's going to now begin to do the process of decaying. So hopefully you'll eat it before that happens. When the tomato sauce or the tomato paste is in the can, that doesn't happen. Now, why doesn't it happen? It doesn't happen because they have taken the natural process of that tomato or that food, and they've changed it by adding a chemical to stop that natural decaying process. Now, that natural decaying process is very important for you and I and for all humans because when you take in that food, you want that food to go into your stomach, and that stomach has natural bacteria, natural bacteria that helps you digest food. But that bacteria that helps you digest food now will be killed by the same chemical that killed the bacteria that allowed that, 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 that natural tomato to um, do its natural process of deteriorating. And now you have things like irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. You have other diseases, as well as the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said it 1,400 years ago. He said that all disease starts in the stomach, and the cure is abstinence. So he even 
called this many, many uh, centuries ago, I mean, you know, eons ago, that, that this was the cause of disease. And now we're living proof that when, the, when we take in these processed uh, uh, refined foods, they're coming in, they're destroying our natural gut floor, and now we can't even digest food, let alone can we um, benefit from the nutrients, because those nutrients are killed, they're dead. So we just take in something that's empty, that's not benefiting us. So you mentioned in the, um, uh, that the cure being abstinence, this idea of, of fasting, that there are, there's a healing property to fasting. Would you tell the Radio Slam family a little bit about that? Uh, before you do, for those of you who are listening, if you'd like to, uh, uh, to call in and ask uh, Sister Karima a question, feel free to do so at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. Or feel free to post on our uh, Facebook page or send us a tweet and we will have your question addressed. Uh, go right ahead, Sister Karima. And there's so many benefits of fasting. And of course, we have, if you look in the Quran, that we have fasting that was also fasting that was outside of Ramadan. And all you have to do is read the verse that's pri- that comes before the verse where Allah SWT says that now fasting um, uh, uh, has been prescribed for you mm-hmm. um, as it was prescribed for those who came before you. Right. Now that verse comes before Allah SWT talks about now in the month of Ramadan. So Ramadan, it has been laid out that this is how we fast from this time to this time. But prior to that, there was fasting that went on in other um, uh, religions that took place. So the fasting has so many benefits. Unfortunately, we the Muslims are losing the benefits of fasting, even in Ramadan. And we're losing it because we are overeating at Sahur, and we are overeating at Fatur. So we're overeating before um, we start fasting, and we're overeating at breakfast, and then we're eating all the wrong foods. So if you're going to look at the benefits of fasting, the first thing that I teach people when they come to IHOPE is you cannot, one, eat these toxic foods and then think you're going to benefit, and then overeat. The benefit and the, the, the blessing of fasting is that you're giving the GI tract a rest for a, a, a long period of time. And when we do it, usually it can be from 16 to 18 hours. And now they have a fasting, what they call intermittent fasting, right. that is 16, they call it 16 and 8. So you eat between an eight-hour window and you fast for 16. Now this fasting allows one, as I said, the GI tract to rest so that the body can begin to start healing because the body was designed by a loss of Hanwatawa to heal itself. And we all know that. All you have to do is watch a cow yourself. You fall, you, you, you scrape your knee, you cut yourself, and within a couple of days you'll see that tissue regenerate itself. But if the body is not in the right condition, mm-hmm. if the body is broken down, sick, doesn't have the right proteins, amino acids, and so forth, it won't heal properly. So for fasting, fasting is, number one, the, probably the most beneficial cure for diabetes. Mm. And you'll find all the diabetic people that they don't fast in Ramadan. And, of course, they're told not to because it's a danger if you're fasting and taking insulin. So you shouldn't be doing that. But if you were to fast, um, you would see you could come off the insulin. And there are so many, so many doctors in the medical field now, that's what they're prescribing, intermittent fasting. So it allows the body to detox to get all the chemicals out. Right now I'm water fasting, and I started water fasting last night, and I do three days of water fasting. And I can feel the, 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 the change and the detox happening in my body, so along you just, with, it, as we said, weight loss as, as well. So you're just drinking water, nothing else, no supplements, no vitamins? Now, what I do allow, when we do this, and we do it um, uh, once a month, mm-hmm. and it's for three days, we do nine days of detox. But the first three days is water. Mm-hmm. And for, for most of the women in my group, we, I do allow for them to infuse their water. So you can put lemon, like my water, I have lemon, I have ginger, and I have um, mint leaves. But that's it. You can't any type of um, sweetener, whether it be fruit or food, nothing. So it's pretty much the water and then the infuse from the, the lemon, the ginger, or the, the mint. But that's it. Now I know I know you mentioned that you you have a group of sisters that you're uh, that you're doing this nine day um, fast and, and cleansing process with. Is this something that you also recommend for uh, for, for the brothers? 
Yes, and I said that today because we do. We actually let us not leave out our brother. We do have a brother <laughs> that's been in this group. This is a ninety-day. It's called the ninety-day raft challenge, um, and we do have a brother that's been in the ninety-day raft challenge with us. He's seventy years old, and mm. Subhanallah, he is like. He's amazing. If you can see, you know, the benefits even prior to him starting, but even now, so many benefits that he's gotten from it. Um, so we do have brothers, but when you look at the name, because the sister came up with the name, it kind of makes men not want to come because it says women, the women's um, revive and uh, thrive uh, health challenge. I am trying to come up with an acronym for men <laughs> and so we can get the brothers coming in, but it is, it's highly I cannot stress this enough, Brother Thought. It is highly recommended for men, especially, especially African-American men, because they are walking around with um, from silent, the silent killer, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease. So many brothers I'm talking to now that they contact me, and they're in their 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. and we're, we're losing them. So I'm really reaching out to the men. I'm reaching out to the women so that I can help them because – it's not just about a lifestyle change. It's also everything that we're eating. We have to go back to eating what we call created foods, food that Allah has given us. And that's how you get away from the processed foods. When people ask me, well, what's processed? I said, processed is almost everything that does not come naturally from the earth. And Allah says it in the Quran. He said, eat that which we bring forth from the earth. Mm-hmm. So that, that also includes the, uh, the GMOs, uh, the genetically uh, modified um, uh, produce, uh, organisms? Not only does it include that, let me tell you something else that it includes. Mm-hmm. And this is some of the things that I hope likes to address. Because we use the Quran as our foundation, and um, as well as the, 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 the hadith, mm-hmm. the, the life of the Prophet Islam, and then modern information that is um, from definitely coming from natural or alternative uh, health care. But here's something that we don't normally talk about a lot in our community, because we think when you hear the term halal, mm-hmm. you think, okay, that food is good. Right. That's the best food, right? We eat halal, right? Mm-hmm. And what we've not addressed is when you look at halal in the Quran, and I have a post that's on Facebook that breaks this down, it's written out, but when we look at halal in the Quran, most times when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used it, it has always been used with an adjective. Mm-hmm. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, halalin tayyiban. Mm-hmm. Now when you look at that, the tayyiban is the adjective describing the noun. Right. Now we know that the Quran is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so he knew that there would come a time when halal would be placed all over, everywhere. So we got halal gummy bears, halal KFC, halal... So halal everything. Sister Kareem, so for the benefit for the benefit of our um, uh, our non uh, Muslim, I'm going to talk about what halal means. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. You read my mind. Yes. Go right ahead. Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> so we have that 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 is almost becoming like you know a nice little slogan and it's written in calligraphy. But halal and tayyiban and the tayyib means uh, pure, wholesome, good. Mm-hmm. So pure, wholesome, or good, and has many other meanings. And then the halal, it means permissible. Right. And this is very important even for the Muslim community because we think that halal is talking about how the meat itself is slaughtered. And I'm going to talk about that because you have babiha that talks about that, how the meat is slaughtered. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about halal, it's talking about all food, what Allah has made permissible, what is made permissible for us to eat. Now, if you add the adjectives in it and not put a... Uh, a conjunction, because we, in the translation, there's a conjunction. Mm-hmm. So it says permissible, right, or it says lawful and good right. in English. But there is no conjunction there. It's not halalen or halal wa. It is halalen tajiban. So understanding that, in any Arab that speaks Arabic, they understand that. They, you will know that it's talking about the tajib is describing the halal, the type of permissibility. Mm-hmm. So it's saying wholesome lawful food or pure lawful food. So there might be lots of food out there that's permissible, that's halal, that they're, meaning it's edible, you can eat it, but it's not pure or wholesome, so we should not be eating that food. 
Mm. And it's the same way when you go to the type of animal, and this is why right now the Muslims are, um, you know, they're running over to vegan, vegan, you know, I want to be a vegan because they are looking for answers. I'm not angry. I, I don't eat meat. I'm not a vegan, but I don't eat meat. Why? Because the meat that Allah has sanctioned in the Quran, we really don't have access to it. And what is that? Because outside of halal, outside of babiha, meaning the way in which the animal is slaughtered, right? Mm-hmm. We also have behematul an'am. Now, behematul an'am, which is in many uh, verses in the Quran, uh, but in, in, you can find it in Surah 5, Ma'ida, um, in, in the first few verses of that Surah. And it's talking about what? Now it's telling you how the animal must be raised. So the mm-hmm. animal cannot, number one, it should be grass-fed, so four-legged, so four-legged, grass-fed, plant-fed, grazing animal. So that lets us know now that we can't eat cat, we can't eat dogs, right, <laughs> because they're four-legged, but they are carnivores. Right. So it should be a herbivore type of animal. So the animal has to be, these animals have to be free to move about and graze. They can't be caged up. They can't be fed uh, foods that are not like grains that they can't hardly digest. It makes them sick. So if we don't have those animals, I don't care how much the halal stamp is on the package or the biha is on the package, we're still eating sick, sickly animals, and now those animals are making us sick. And now the, the, today, when you look now, this is the biggest trend. you got what the health. you got so many other uh, uh, groups out there that are you know, having uh, workshops and videos. And so Muslims are running over there because we are not giving them the answer. Mm. And we're saying, no, it's here in the Quran. It was written 1,400 years ago. But we have abandoned the book. And because we've left the Quran, we don't know what's in it. And so we don't know what it's talking about when it comes to food. Wow. Well, I am, I am, uh, I am truly, uh, truly glad that, and, and, and thankful that we, we got you on the line. Um, can you hang on for a second so we can just take a quick break? And can we come back and, and, and talk some more? No problem. I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> okay, so Radio Islam family, we're talking with uh, Sister Karima Karima from I Hope, and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency. And 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. SoundVision is starting a new initiative to provide crisis intervention to those in need. Through the crisis text line, anyone can text 741-741 and be connected via text to a trained crisis counselor who is there to listen and show empathy. The crisis text line is open to everyone. By texting the keyword SALAM, that's S-A-L-A-M, to 741-741, users will be connected to a trained Muslim counselor whenever available. You can also volunteer to undergo training and become a counselor. For more information, visit soundvision.com. Welcome back. Welcome back, Radio Islam family. You are listening to your favorite program, Radio Islam, on WCEV 1450 AM. We are streaming live, reaching the entire world at www.wcev1450.com. And we have on the line with us Haja Karima Karima from I Hope Islamic Holistic Outreach Program uh, for everyone. So whether you're Muslim, non-Muslim, 
uh, people of faith, no faith, whatever. This is this is information that, that you need. So you're in the right place. Uh, Sister Karima. Yes, I'm here. OK. All right. Make sure we didn't lose you because we would we would call you right back if we did. Um, <laughs> so uh, let me ask this. You mentioned that you said you're not a vegan, but you don't eat meat because you're not able to get that. Not just uh, the biha, but that which is also that's grass fed. So not that not just slaughtered in the proper manner, but also raised in a proper manner. Um, is that is that simply because of your own locale or is that something that you found to be in question, um, you know, around just around the country? OK, no, not at all. That's um, that's not the case. Alhamdulillah. Um, when I went to Atlanta and I did the two day workshop there, I was able um, they, they kept me there. Alhamdulillah. I, I love Atlanta. Mashallah. <laughs> so I didn't just do a two day workshop. I ended up staying there for a month and a half. Oh, wow. And part that they actually started the last challenge there. So um, and one of the things that we were able to do, there's um, one family that has a farm called Oasis, Oasis Farm. Mm-hmm. And Alhamdulillah, we when we go into our broth phase, which is right after the three days of water, we go into broth. And this sister and her husband, they have beautiful chickens. And my Facebook page, I even have a video of it because I went out to the farm. I stayed there for like six days. And the chickens are just, they're free. They're able to just, you know, roam free. They're not caged. So they're really cage-free. And uh, those chickens, we were able to buy. We, you know, slaughtered. They were slaughtered for us properly. And um, we had some beautiful, wonderful chicken broth. So I did eat meat then, um, but when I don't have access, when I don't have, and I'm not just saying, even for, for some places like in Delaware, there's a farm that the local halal uh, meat stores they go to, and they slaughter there, and those animals are grass-fed, grazing, they're taken care of well, and then they do the the beehive, the beehive part of the slaughter. So, you know, that meat I would eat as long as those animals are raised properly, as Allah SWT has said in the Quran, then I will eat it. And, yes, you can find places that you can, find, you can have access to that. And even also in um, Baltimore, I just saw this online, Baltimore, they have their packaging, and it says halal, and then it says grass-fed. Um, plant-fed, grazing animals. Um, so even in Baltimore, they're pushing for for this as well. Mm, okay. Now, you mentioned that you said that a lot of people, uh, Muslim and non-Muslim, are running towards veganism uh, because they they see the problem but don't really understand the real solution to it. Uh, and going back to what you mentioned in terms of uh, prophetic medicine, uh, medicine, but also the prophetic uh, lifestyle, Um so to, to that point, what are some of the things that uh, we can go back to within veganism? Are there some some inherent uh, dangers that you might see um, with within veganism? Well, in, 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 in understanding that, number one, because and I said this in an article and I stand by it, we're in an age now where I believe that um, we're trying to make um, Islam conform rather than using Islam to inform. Mm-hmm. And even the non-Muslims, they look at that and they see that as a, a weakness in our community. I've had many non-Muslims respect me. I work in the medical field. I work with them. And when I'm able to stand by the Quran and show them through the Quran, you know, uh, the, the many benefits and blessings, they respect that more than me trying to conform it. Now, there's no way that we can make the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, a vegan. Mm-hmm. It's no way you can, even though we're trying. We're trying to put vegetables and, and, and fruits and vegetables all through the desert, but you cannot. And it's, one, the geographical location, right. and number two, it was known, even I lived in Mauritania, West Africa, which is the desert, mm-hmm. and they are known, they are meat eaters, and mostly they don't eat, it wasn't that they ate a lot of meat. So the Prophet did not eat a lot of meat, but they did drink a lot of milk. Milk was very important. And so to take that away um, is doing a disservice. As well as if you look in the Quran, not only do we know that Allah said that he sanctioned meat and that he gave it to us. He said he gave it to us as a what? A provision. 
So for us to now throw it away because whatever trend is happening now is our ingratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we will reap the repercussions of that if we continue to do that. Also, we know that also Ibrahim al-Islam, it is a well-known story when the angels came to him and he did what? He roasted a baby calf. Right. He roasted a baby cow. Now, I just have to tell you the benefit of the baby cow, which is known medically, the liver of the baby cow has coenzyme 10, which is one of the major enzymes that is a cancer-fighting agent, and it has so many other benefits. Okay. So for us to turn away and act as if now meat is de deadly, no, meat is not. Meat is a blessing. B12 cannot be found in any other food source other than meat, and the highest is found in beef. Now, you'll have people say, the, the vegetarians will say, well, we take supplements. Well, that's you. I'm not going to choose what God has created and made for me right. that has B12 for some laboratory uh, manufactured uh, supplement that's going to cause more uh, damage to my body. So my thing is that the meat has many, many benefits. And, but we are in a time that we're over-consuming it. We're overeating it. Right. Never did the Prophet Islam in his lifetime eat meat as we do. What would you say? <clears throat> excuse me. What would you what What would you recommend as a uh, as a as a common sense uh, a healthy amount uh, of, of meat to to eat? Uh, say on a weekly basis. That, you're gonna You're gonna make my son attack me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "If it's left up to my mom, we would only be eating grass." <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. But anyway, um, <laughs> because I'm not a big meat consumer, right. I do, like I said, I do believe, um, I, I think one, number one, is everything has to be done in moderation. Mm -hmm. And if you look, using the Prophet wasalam, as a guideline, mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to be um, the determining factor. I definitely believe that we should not be consuming meat every day. Right. I don't feel that way. As I said, my sons and them feel something different, but I, and I don't argue with them, but I do say it's still cut it down to a minimum. Because there are many, if you look even in the healthcare um, uh, industry and you look at alternative care, there are many doctors that I love, Dr. Marcola, and many of them out there, and they push meat, but they still will tell you if you eat it every day, you know, just eat it, you know, one portion, small portion a day. I would say, you know, as I said, for me, I, I maybe once a week that I have meat. Um, I do like to uh, switch switch red meat up. I, like I said, I don't have access to red meat right now, so I haven't had it in several months. But chicken or fish, I'll switch it up, and I say for me maybe three times a week if I have it that much. Mm. But that's just my personal thing. Right, I tell right. people there are some people that they need to be on meat. If you're talking to a diabetic, they need to be on animal protein and vegetables in order to what get the, the, the nutrients that they need as well as to get them to come off of insulin. And most people, well, I shouldn't say most people, um, but I think there's a large segment of people who feel like once they have been diagnosed uh, with these conditions, they feel that there is no way for them to come off. Uh, for the, There's no return for them when in actuality, uh, from, from what you're presenting uh, and what uh, a segment of the community knows is that that's not the case. There is, all, there is a way back. Well, there's a natural way back, mm -hmm. but here's the thing, and I tell this when I do my seminars. And my, my workshops, um, Brother Thodic, is like the minimum is two days. Mm. And still I do not cover all the information. I'm getting ready to make the workshops three days okay. just for me to cover all of the information. So that just tells you how much that I'm not even covering on the phone tonight. I but imagine. I will say this. The body has been designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be, to, to heal itself. Mm -hmm. Now, in order for that to happen, the body has to be in the right condition. And the body needs our food, let thy food, as Hippocrates said, let thy food be thy medicine, and let thy medicine be thy food. So the food is nutritional and medicinal. Mm -hmm. If, in fact, you're eating food that is dead, okay, mm -hmm. and that food that, as I said, like, this food that's been killed and taken from its natural way. So you're eating food that's dead, 
and you are a living cell organism. You're made up of living cells. So you need living food in order to continue to uh, revitalize and, 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 and to benefit or even heal those, those cells and tissues. So if you are taking in that food, then no, your body will not heal. It's not in the right condition. It has to be placed in the right condition. So you have to give the body the food that it needs. It also needs oxygen. It needs many other things that go along with that. So if you're going to be trying to get rid of high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, and you're still eating, the cause for it is not going to work. Okay, so let me ask you, and I know that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, because I see the clock just flying by. So uh, I'm just trying to throw some questions out that uh, <laughs> I'm trying to go through, like what's most important, uh, and it's all important. But you mentioned uh, the, the the foods that we're eating uh, and, you know, eating dead food. But what I immediately thought about was uh, addiction and, and sugar in particular, sugar and salt. Uh, they're placed in, in, in foods here in the United States to such a degree that uh, – and it, that people are literally addicted to sugar. So in this idea of uh, being a holistic program, uh, is there, uh, you, I assume that there's a method that you've d devised or how do, you, how do you approach that? Well, everyone will tell you, um, literally, anybody that you meet that knows Haji Karima and they met me in person, they will say, I was natural until I met Haji Karima. So that's all I can tell you. They would tell you they were natural. And then I came in their house and I bust their bubble because almost everything in the house had to go. So when I'm talking about being natural, I cannot express to you that I, nothing from a box, nothing from a can. Sugar, if you want to talk about sugar, and I tell people, what is sugar? If you think sugar that's in that bag, that white powder that I call uh, uh, sugar cocaine, mm -hmm. um, that is not sugar. Sugar itself comes from a large, long stalk that is growing in the ground, and when you, it's liquefied, number one, it's not crystallized, and when you juice it, you have like a nice green to brown color. So we're not eating sugar. We're eating something that comes from bone char. And I cannot break that down now because we don't have the time. Bone but like char? I said, if I'm invited to do a workshop, mm -hmm. I can break all this down in the workshop. So what Sweetener has a loss of $100 sanction for us. It's in the Quran. It's in Surah Tanahal, the B, in the Surah chapter, the B. And not only did he say that it is a, it, it, um, it's a, a tasteful drink it's and it healing. comes in various colors, mm -hmm. he said it's a healing. That's right. And what is it? It's honey. Mm. And when I was in Atlanta, I met the brother who has the bee farm. I wish I could remember the name of their farm. Um, but they, I, we bought, oh, I bought up so much honey from them. I, I just went crazy buying the honey, and I promote it. So if there's people that have bee farms in Chicago and I come out to Chicago, mm -hmm. I'm going to push getting that honey because it's a healing. Oh, it tastes delicious. I make everything with honey. I haven't had sugar in three years. Wow. And I'm trying, please, to get our brothers and sisters. I love bean pies. Come yes. on, y'all. Start making the bean pies with the raw honey. I'll bring you a jar, but I want a bean pie. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm looking forward to my bean pie uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I took a bite, and I, had, I forgot about it. Somebody gave me a bite, and I almost had a heart attack because I haven't had sugar. And I was like, oh, my goodness, they had sugar in it. My mouth blistered up and everything. Because when you break away from this food, which sugar is the main source of candida, and that is a whole nother lecture in itself. Yes, so yes. as I said, hopefully, you know, I'll be able to come back on again and we can talk about, you know, just specific topics and, and be able to address these topics, inshallah. Okay, so inshallah. So let, let me ask this. Um, what was your uh, what was your doorway into this into this work, into this outreach, uh, education, educating people? What how, how did this begin for Haja Karima? Well, it began, um, I was in West Africa. I just came back in the country in May. I've been out the country for eight years. I've been in about maybe nine or ten different countries. Um, but I was living in West Africa, Mauritania. And um, I was already exploring being natural. And so I was doing, you know, looking into natural. I was eating natural. I was giving lectures, um, talking about, you know, getting away from sugar. But I experienced, I would say, people would call it a tragedy. But I would say that it was um, a blessing. Um, with my three-year-old daughter. 
I don't want to go into the whole thing because this is part of my workshop. Okay. And it's the lead-in that gets everybody, like, really going for the workshop. Right. But I will say that she experienced, and it was a, a, a very traumatizing um, event that happened to her that I had to use only natural healing um, to uh, help her. She was paralyzed. Um, her vocal cords were paralyzed. She couldn't um, eat, drink, walk, or talk. And we had a tube feeding for her. I was able to, by the grace and guidance of Allah, treat her naturally. And that little girl is running around. People in Atlanta, everywhere, they all seen her now. And many of them were even in, t- in tears. So that's what Allah Sondala used to really get me on this path to do the job that I promised I would do when I was on Hajj. Wow. Alhamdulillah. All praise be to Allah. That's 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 wonderful. Um, let me ask: um, How can our Radio Islam family listeners um, get in touch with you, uh, keep up with you, benefit from the work that you're doing? Well, definitely, they can find me on Facebook under Karima Karima, and um, the first Karima is spelled with uh, I. And the second Karima is spelled with double E, and we have an H at the end, so Karima Karima. They also can come to my website, www.ihope, and that's I-H-O-P-E, 10, number 10, strides, S-T-R-I-D-E-S, dot com. And also, uh, I can be reached by phone, which is, my phone number is everywhere, 510-672-9689. I'm hoping that you all will invite me also to Chicago to hold a workshop so that we can really reach the the community out there, inshallah. We will um, absolutely be in contact with you uh, offline. And my other hat that I wear uh, as Imam of uh, Meshad al-Taqwa, this is information that is just vital. And I know we're just barely scratching the surface. Um, And I would encourage whoever's listening, uh, I hope you took down that Uh, that information. But I can tell you that we will definitely be uh, getting in touch with you because uh, this is this is a life giving message um, for 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 humanity. So and I'll say this really quickly, that the way I see the um, the the how eating, how how we've been prescribed to to live our lives, to eat, that it's something that covers the uh, the believers, the, those, the Abrahamic faith, those who recognize, um, you know, the, 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 the power and the majesty, you know, of Allah. Um, and so that goes beyond just the, the Muslims. And I know, I'm, I'm sure you, you probably have uh, non-Muslim clients as well. Um, but this is, uh, yeah, I'm just really pleased that we were able to get you on today and just want to um, just tell you uh, we, we appreciate your work and we look forward to talking with you in, in the very near future. Yes, and Imam Talik, just to, to close out in saying that, yes. that I cannot forget my major inspiration. She is a Christian woman, and she has a retreat center, and I studied all of her, her, her lectures, her books. I even had her book brought over to Africa. Her name is Barbara O'Neill. And what, she, what inspired me by her was that she uses the Bible the same way that I'm using the Qur'an now. I was inspired by a Christian woman. She mm-hmm. uses the Bible in order to bring the message to the people in terms of eating. Barbara O'Neill, I love her dearly. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, <clears throat> inshallah, uh, we, we look forward, like I said, we definitely look forward to uh, connecting with you uh, very soon. And uh, just want to say thank you again for taking the time to uh, come on Radio Islam and, uh, and bless the Radio Islam family with this information. And we pray for your continued uh, success and well-being in this vital work that you're doing. Amen. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. And yes, inshallah, ma'am. I hope to see you all soon. Inshallah. As-salamu alaykum. All right, Radio Islam family. Uh, we've got a, well, we've just got a few minutes left. Um, but that was just truly uh, phenomenal. Uh, make sure that this is, this is definitely one that you want to go back to. And listen to that podcast. It'll be up tomorrow, uh, inshallah, with God's permission. Uh, and I also want to remind you all in these closing moments of tonight's, uh, of, of tonight's program that the Seattle Conference um, is uh, produced uh, by Sound Vision. This is going to be taking place on December 3rd, uh, which is a Sunday at Waterford, Waterford um, Conference Center in Elmhurst. And this is a free event. Um, 
and uh, Haja Karima, Sister Karima, she just got through speaking about bringing back this idea of the prophetic medicine and prophetic lifestyle. And what better way to really appreciate those things than to uh, then at a conference where we're going to be looking at uh, the life of this uh, this 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 beautiful uh, man who is an uh, an exemplar in character and attitude and service. Um, so uh, we, we invite everybody to come out. If you register, I can't recall what what the date is. Right. But if those who register, you need to register ASAP. All right. So those who register soon, um, there's going to be a cutoff. But if you register soon, then uh, there's a free lunch that comes along with it. So this is there's no entry charge. This is not a fundraiser. Uh, This is uh, it's going to be a a great event. We've got some great uh, speakers. Uh, There's going to be a panel and there is going to be uh, also a youth uh, component to this as well. So there's going to be something for the entire family. Uh, one of the speakers is, uh, is it Lord Nazir Ahmed? Uh, I believe he's one of the speakers. We have Imam Abdul Malik Mujahid. Um, he's a speaker. Uh, Imam Suraj Wahaj, uh, Ustada Aisha Prime, uh, Sister Akila Rashid. And uh, we're just looking forward to a really great uh, day. Uh, informative and inspiring. Uh, these are the kind of things that we need to help us to to, to boost our man, to let us know that what we're doing, you know, it, it means something. It reconnects us uh, with the legacy of the Prophet, peace and prayers be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa uh, And it also reconnects us with the larger uh, community uh, of believers. So we invite you to join us. That's December 3rd, uh, Sunday. It's an all-day conference from 10 to 4. 10 to 4. All right. I got I, all right. I got my numbers right. So 10 to 4. And you can just go to soundvision.com or you can go to Eventbrite and look up the Cedar Conference and you can register there. Uh, and as I said, the sooner you register, the, you, know, you know, you're locked in for a free meal. So who said there's no free meal? There's a free lunch. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you all there, inshallah. So uh, who is our engineer tonight? Ramon, thank you so much, Ramon, over at WCEV. And uh, if you're not on tomorrow, I want to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, travel safely, you know, uh, enjoy yourselves and one another. Our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Beg. Uh, I am your host and producer, Tariq el Your executive producer has been Abdul Malik Mujahid. And any, oh, yes, we got to make sure we say this, got to give the disclaimer, uh, the thoughts, the views that have been expressed by the host and or guests are theirs and not to be taken as the position of sound vision. All right, Radio Islam family, tomorrow we're going to be joined in studio by, who do we have coming in tomorrow? Farhan? Oh, yeah, Khalid Farhan. Uh, who's going to be joining us tomorrow. He's a Chicago-based author, and we're looking forward to talking with him. So we'll see you tomorrow, 6 p.m., same time, same wonderful city, same station, WCV 1450, uh, listening to Radio Islam. I'm going to leave you, Radio Islam family, as I greeted you. As-salamu alaykum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.